Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to part two of the Fantastic World, brought to you by my new book, Hanna-Barbera, The Recorded History, available for pre-order now. Let's rejoin our guests, Shannon Farnan, to talk about the cast of Super Friends and about the iconic careers of her two sisters, beginning with Darlene Carr. Yes, Darlene was very prolific when she was working. She started at the age of, gosh, was it 13? She did a Canadian show called The Littlest Hobo. Yes, yes, I've heard of that. She worked a long time, did some great stuff. She, toward the latter part of her career, she was uh, on the new Maverick show. She was the child on the Robert Young show that he did. Mm -hmm. She was his daughter. Anyway, she had a very successful career. She was Carl Malden's daughter in Streets of San Francisco. Most people would probably remember her from Streets of San Francisco, but she's also in the Jungle Book. Yes, the voice. My own home, that's her. That's right, that's right. She recently did a uh, appearance for Disney in San Francisco for that very thing. You know, I gotta tell you, when I was working at Disney, every year they would have presentations about your benefits and stuff because you have to elect different kinds of benefit packages. And one year, Darlene Carr was hosting. She was on camera. She said, hi, I'm Darlene Carr. Let me tell you about your, as a Disney cast member. And I'm like, oh, it's Darlene Carr. And I'm the only one in the room, like going, and they're all looking like, okay. (laughs) But I explained and they went, ah, okay. (laughs) Well, moving forward with Darlene, she did the high notes for the kids in The Sound of Music. Oh, no kidding. Now, I didn't know that. That's not a broadly known thing, I guess. But yes, she did. And of course, I know where they are. So uh, I recognize her voice. And um, Charmian, actually, when she chose the name Carr, Darlene had been using it for a long time. So So, Carr was a a sort of a stage name that that Darlene picked up? Yeah, that was just a stage name for the two of them. And of course, Charmian Carr was Liesl. She was Liesl. That's right. She also did a lovely film called Evening Primrose. Oh, yes. Stephen Sondheim's show. With Tony Perkins. Perkins, Tony Perkins, yeah, which I just, I loved that film. I thought that was just etheric. Everybody (laughs) should see that. It's like a musical Twilight Zone. It is. That's the way I can describe it. It was actually done on radio with uh, William Conrad and Elliot Lewis, but it was done like two, three times on radio, which these are all accessible. People wow. can listen to them. And the musical was released on DVD with an interview by the director. ABC was doing this sort of, they were trying to do new things in the late mm-hmm. 60s, plays and different kinds of entertainment. 
And Evening Primrose had music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. Right, right. And those songs are... Those songs are great. Take Me to the World, that was a gorgeous song. Take Me to the World, I believe, I think Barbara Streisand recorded it. I think, speaking of Kukla, Fran, and Ollie, I think they may have performed it at some point in side, side really? by side. Really? For heaven's sake. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So the music is great, but the story just basically is he plays this poet who is trying to just check out from the world. So he decides to hide in a department store <laughs> so that he can work and not be bothered. But he's not alone. He's very much tell so. You anything no, more. Don't tell him anything else. No, it's not like the one with Anne Francis on Twilight Zone. It's not like that. It's creepier than that. It's creepier, but it's magical. It's magical, yeah. and the two of them are so great together. And yeah, yeah. and she has this wonderful voice, and he can sing quite well. He was in some Broadway yes. shows. Yes, I was impressed by that. So, and then later, she did a few commercials after that, but she was never that interested in the biz. She became a very successful decorator. I see, I see. Well, you know, show business changed. Yeah. Oh, it changed a great deal. And my sister Darlene, when we talk about it, she says, oh, I'm so glad I was in it when. <laughs> Everything's totally different than it used to be. From the beginning to getting the role, it's just, there's yeah. very little meeting people anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's all done on your computer. Yeah, things are submitted, and sometimes you don't even get to talk to the people who are making the decision. Right. Oh, yeah. It's very impersonal. Now, there was a lot of impersonalness about it anyway. I mean, if you didn't get a job, you, you couldn't be disappointed. If you did, you'd never make it in this business. Yeah. But at least it was after being able to communicate in person. Now, I mean, it's, it's just so impersonal. Although I don't mind the Zoom auditions and stuff. It keeps me off the road and I don't have to worry about parking. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. If anybody knows the LA traffic, then there are advantages. <laughs> That's right. So when did you make the transition and how did the transition into voiceovers? Or were you doing that all along? I think you mentioned you did some. I did voiceover work, yes, but they were ads for this or it was narration for that. I've done quite a bit of narration in the esoteric field, especially. It's just part of what I did. Even the, the Wonder Woman, I loved doing it. But to me, it was another job. Mm -hmm. We had no idea this was going to be as massively popular as it was. Well, so, you don't always, so it does come as a delightful surprise, I suppose. Right. It was a delightful surprise. Yeah. And I started doing charity work for various charities, one being Special Olympics. And they were just thrilling up these young people, old people. They're a mix of ages, mm -hmm. Special Olympics people. But boy, you bring up Wonder Woman, you know, they're just thrilled. Those shows are still out there also. They're not only streaming. They're on DVD. They're current. Right. It was on in so many permutations. It was one of Hanna-Barbera's most successful series. Yes. And ABC did pretty darn well by it, too. Yes. And then when the show was over, we got to do all those fun promos, you know. Oh, the things that they did on Cartoon Network and stuff. Yeah. Those were wild. They were great fun. We could have really gone full bore with that if they wanted to, but we didn't. We were very good kids. <laughs> well, you know, the nice thing is that it was the Wonder Woman we were hoping would be. Honestly, I, I adore Linda Carter. I have her album. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I do. That show was terrific. I went to see the new one with Gal Gadot, the first one. I saw it yeah. twice, I, and I brought I love the, the first one. 
This is so good because she is true to the character. She is strong when needed. You know, yeah. she doesn't flaunt know, her powers. And, you know, the uh, sad part is they really missed a bet at Warner Brothers. They should have used all of us on screen. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been priceless? I could have certainly been one of the goddesses. Absolutely. In, they could have made use of all of us in some way and used it as a little advertising ploy. It would be great on social media because when these yeah. films come out, all the Easter egg stuff becomes fodder for social media. That's, so that's it's only right. good business, you know. Well, you know, they don't realize that. Well, that's why we're here, you know. That's why we're here. We still we're have a good playing. memory. Let's mention some of the people you worked with on Super Friends. You had, besides Olin Soule, Danny Dark was... Danny Dark. He died very young, unfortunately, but he was a great guy, very serious about his work focused. And then we had the best comedians in the world. Mike Bell, who's a very good friend of mine to this day. Funny, funny man and a talent, certainly in the... Very his, versatile, yeah. And Frank Welker, who could do any voice, a crowd of ducks. It doesn't matter what you want, it's going to come out of Frank. He played Marvin in various other parts. Yeah. Casey Kasem, of course. He was Robin, Robin. yeah. And lovely man. I've got to know him fairly well. How about Norman, Norman Alden? Alden. I yeah. love Norman. We worked at Universal, I think, more than one time. He was a ubiquitous actor, and I think one of his most memorable roles is he was the guy who who drowned in a bowl of chicken soup on Mary Hartman. <laughs> Mary Hartman. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, and uh, let's see. Of course, we had Ted Knight. He was the yep. original narrator. Yes, he and, was. And uh, Bill Woodson took over after him, another good voice. Oh, my gosh, there were so many. And also, the season you introduced Zan and Jaina, that was, well, Zan was... Zan uh, was Michael Bell. Was Michael Bell, and Louise, or Liberty Williams, was Jaina. Yes. It's all been such a, a fun, fun ride. It was, and the cast was always bigger because we had voice doing guest cartoon characters and... We sometimes had 12 microphones going in the studio there. That must have been a blast. Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. I felt like I was working with the most talented people in the business. You also have worked with some great people. Well, Casey Kasem was also on Valley of the Dinosaurs. And then you had yeah. Kathy Gorey. Kathy Gorey, yes. She was my daughter's voice in it. And Joan. Oh, I love Joan. Oh, Joan Gardner. Joan Gardner, bless her heart, she was wonderful. And Alan Oppenheimer, whom I had a crush on at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Oppenheimer not only was a very well-known character actor, but he was the voice of Skeletor on Masters of the Universe. Yeah, He and, worked all the time. He was yeah. in the theater. He did a lot of theater. He did everything. And he is related to... Robert Oppenheimer of the great big movie of this year, Oppenheimer. Oh, is he? I wasn't aware of that. We had lunch together about two years ago now. Well, Mike Rode, he was race man. Lovely man. Mike and I got very close. We did a lot for Anta West. We were producing plays right and left for them. He did a lot of stage. Oh, yeah. He was a very good director. We just kept at it, but long after the show was over. No kidding. He was also in commercials for Fireman's Fund at the time. Yeah, yeah, and, wonderful uh, voice. Yeah, and he was also on I Dream of Jeannie when Jeannie wanted to create a uh, make-believe boyfriend. And he said, okay, what's his name? She said, uh, Tony Millionaire. 
And <laughs> so the doorbell rings and there's Mike Road. Hi, I'm Tony Millionaire. Right, right. Yeah. He was a fun guy, a lovely man, very knowledgeable. We just had a good time together for a long time. I used to introduce the board of directors at Andal West each year, and he got me involved in that. Yeah, it was easy to do because I've always loved the theater. Great guy. I mean, I worked with some wonderful people. Yeah. And one of the nicest, most, I say humble, certainly at the time, was Bob Wagner. When we did a Takes a Thief, he would say, how did I do? Is that okay? You know, I mean, he just here he's leading the show and he's asking me how he did. He was also an unsung hero with his crew, kind of guy, you know, that would just not make a deal about giving a gift or taking care of somebody. And he's a sweet guy. And you get the feeling that that is, again, longevity in a business that can be very difficult. And I've heard this. Do you want to be cooped up for 20 hours in a studio with somebody who is unpleasant? No. Right. (laughs) Oh, not likely. My dear friend Katie Lee said, be a friend, make friends. Yeah. If you have trouble making friends, take a look at yourself. So you're still out there doing things here and there, doing charity work. Yeah, she's still kicking, you know. Oh, and now I'm doing gay superhero movies. What? I am. (laughs) There is a guy out there, talk about a good promoter. He's actually an attorney from from San Diego, a full-time attorney. His passion is making these films. The fourth film was made this last year. He corralled me at the Hollywood show with a huge brochure showing me how all of these performers were doing cameos for him. Well, my part turned into much more than a cameo, but it has been the best fun. His name is Surge, The Power of Surge, and all the movies are based around that name, and he is a gay superhero. I started out as an artificial intelligence person in his screen, in his car. And we really went with that. And I was sort of like his grandma and caretaker and kept him out of trouble. (laughs) And then now she has morphed into one of the supreme beings in the overlord area. So I'm now on screen in full body. (laughs) Well, you know, performers want to ply their trade. Because when I was casting commercials and for radio or for TV, we would do New York castings, Los Angeles castings, and these great actors were still available and wanted to work. So it was always, oh, please, let's let's do that. Yeah. There's no reason not to. It's what I do. Let me edit. <laughs> it says yeah. something great about people doing that for you and for actors who have experience and have seasoning, that's win-win. Sure. You're just continuing to work and playing tennis and hanging out with our mutual friend, Bambi. Yes, Bambi. Oh my God. She's such a dear. If you have people haven't read her book, they got to go get the part of the magic. Part Part of of the magic. This program was brought to you by Bambi Moe, author of (laughs) Part of the Magic. Let's face it. More people read that book. The world would be a happy Oh, absolutely. That's a joy to read. It was a joy to work with her. Now on sale from University Press of Mississippi, available on Amazon. Buy yours now. (laughs) I like that. Very good, Greg. And while you're at it, buy Greg's books, too. Make it a full day. Yeah, why not? You know, they're fun. They're happy fun times. I am so thrilled to have had the chance to speak to you again. 
Oh, um, thank you very much. And you're a delightful interviewer. <laughs> well, to hear that from Wonder Woman, I'm going to run that over and over again so that when I'm feeling blue, well, Wonder Woman said you're a delightful interviewer, so I can feel better. Oh, great, Hera. Greg is here. <laughs> and it's been a joy and a privilege and a wonder to have you <laughs> on The Fantastic World. Thank you so very much, Shannon Farnan, and I thank you for You're being welcome. on the show. And thanks to everybody for listening. Please uh, click subscribe if you, there's a thing to subscribe, depending on your streaming service. And if you have time to write a review, that's, that would be nice. <laughs> Until next time, thanks again for listening and bye-bye. Bye-bye.